Hi, um, you're welcome this afternoon to the um, wonderful session that we're about to have where we are going to share the Word of God together. Um, I would like to kindly ask you that you invite friends, invite relatives, invite colleagues, invite neighbors, and anyone else whom you feel needs to hear and listen to the Word of God. I am Pastor Tadala Malua, and we are coming to you live from a friend of Jesus. This is just a platform that the Lord has blessed us with to share the Word of God. So um, I want us to start to pray together before we get into the Word of God. So just join me in um, saying some prayers, and then from there we are going to get straight into the Word for the day. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for this wonderful time that my Lord, you have allowed us, my God, to have. I thank you, Jehovah, that we are about to minister the word of life, the word that heals, the word that empowers, the word that lifts, the word that changes, the word that encourages, the word that is able to do anything and everything that we are unable to do on our own. My Lord, as we are going to be sharing the word, I ask that Spirit of God, may you open the ears of those, my God, who are listening. May you open the eyes of those who are watching. May you prepare the hearts of everyone, my Father, that is going to listen and hear the word in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, men, women, boys and girls are watching and listening from different parts of the world, my God. And they are anticipating, my Father, that they may be spoken to by you, O Lord. For your word, my God, is able to change lives. There are those, my Father, who have questions and they are saying, how can I make it? There are those who feel lost and they are looking, my Lord, for a way to feel they belong. There are those, my Father, who are trying by all means, O Lord, to make it in life and it appears like it is impossible. I lift them before you in prayer in the name of Jesus, that Jehovah may there be a way for them in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I invite the Spirit of God in every house, in every environment, in the name of Jesus. I declare that, Father, let there be your presence, my God, in Jesus' mighty name. Your word says you are omnipresent. Your word says you are omniscient, meaning you are all-knowing and you are ever-present, my Father. Thank you, for I know that you are present in every place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I declare that today is a day where something new is about to start to take place in the lives of your sons and your daughters. Oh, I declare that, Lord, every ear that hears my voice right now may May you speak to them in the name of Jesus. I commit every heart, my Father, that let their hearts, my God, be renewed in Jesus' name. Every family, every relationship, every marriage, every job, every business, Lord, I commit before you that God give your people the grace, the grace to do better, the grace to do good. Father, you are the God who created the heavens and of the earth. You are Jehovah Jireh, you are El Shaddai. You are God who is good. Right now, my Father, I say thank you, Lord. I surrender everything about me, God, to you right now. And I ask that, Father, as I minister your word, Lord God, give me, Jehovah, the utterations, my Father, that are fit for your people. Thank you, my Father, that, Lord, right now, the environment in every place where your people are listening and watching is filled with your presence. Angels, I send you in every different direction, my Father, that you comfort the people of God. I refuse that there will be no spirit of disturbance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. 
Amen. Now, uh, thank you for praying with me. Um, we just needed to make those prayers so that we can set the tone right for this session that we're about to have. And um, the word that I'll be ministering today is on a title, Being Reliable. Being Reliable. Hallelujah. Now, before we can begin to open the scriptures and look at what it means to be reliable in line with the word of God, I want us to first say a few statements. And what I want to make clear is that every time I come on this platform to share the word of God, the, the sole purpose of me doing this is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. And in hope that in so doing, many people are going to receive Jesus as their Lord, personal Savior, by being born again and giving their life to Christ, surrendering their lives. That is the sole purpose of what I am doing. And in the course of doing so, people are being encouraged, people are being reminded, people are being taught, people's lives are being built, families are being built, marriages are being built, relationships are being built, those who are lost are finding hope because Christ is the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. So let's first look at the book of John chapter 3, alright? I just want to make someone who is watching understand what it means to be born again okay because i know that it is um something we hear many people speak about it is a statement we hear many pastors many prophets many teachers say that you must be born again you must be born again but if i were sitting on the other side having not given my life yet to jesus I would be asking the question, what does it mean to be born again? So I just want to expound that and then we go into the message of today, which is being reliable. All right. So let's look at the book of John chapter three. The book of John chapter three, I'll read from verse number one. Verse number one reads, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse number two, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Praise the Lord. So the word of God is saying there, there was an account where in the middle of the night, a certain Jew, a certain leader of the Jews whose name was Nicodemus approached Jesus in the night. And when he approached Jesus in the night, he said to him, Rabbi, which is teacher or master, we know that you must be of God because of the signs and the wonders that you are doing. The miracles that are happening with you, Jesus, cannot happen with any ordinary man if they do not have God in them. So that much we understand. Praise the Lord. Now, verse number three, listen to the response of Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, I want you to pay attention to that, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So remember, there is Nicodemus, who is a leader of the Jews. This is a man that was uh, knowledgeable of the laws of Moses, both spoken and written. And this leader is coming to Jesus and saying, you are a master. And the things that we hear, the things that we see of you, you must have God with you. Now, Jesus replies and says, yes, you are right. But unless you are born again, you cannot experience the things that you see in me. Praise the Lord. 
Now, this is important that I speak about this because, like I said, I'll keep coming on this platform. I'll keep sharing the word. I'll keep sharing the word of God, teaching the word of God, preaching the word of God. But you and I need to know the reason why I'm doing this. The purpose is that we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yes, we can, you know, be, be um, shouting hallelujah. We can be shouting praise the Lord. We can be saying it is powerful. We can be saying it is great. But the question remains, what is the ultimate goal of all this that we are doing? To be born again, to give our lives to Jesus. Now, let me read more. Uh, verse number four. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? A very good question because Jesus is saying you must be born again. And Nicodemus is surprised and he says, but what do you mean born again? And this is a question I know many people watching, many people listening are asking. Because the other issue with us as men of God, we are good in saying these things, but we do not take time to teach our people what does it mean. Hallelujah. So I want you and I to be on the same page, what it means to be born again and the importance. And it carries on here. Can, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus is asking Jesus the question. Verse number five. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Now, that last statement is very important. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? What does it mean when one says the kingdom of God? Now, miracles are an indication that one has the kingdom of God in them. Testimonies are an indication that one has the kingdom of God. Signs and wonders, things that are out of the ordinary, are an indication that one has the kingdom of God. When you are able to speak things out of faith and believe that God is going to do them for you, that is a sign of the kingdom of God. When you have been told that you have got a terminal illness or condition in your health and you are trusting in God that you are going to get healed, that you are going to get better, that is the sign of the kingdom of God operating inside of you. When you are struggling in your marriage, your family, with your loved ones, your relationships, or whatever area of your life, and you stand and pray, that is a sign that you have got a kingdom of God within you. Hallelujah. Now, to be born again, two things need to happen. Number one, you need to be uh, um, baptized by water. Hallelujah. You need to be baptized by water, by a servant of God. And number two, you need the spirit to be born again. Because the part where you are being immersed in water, that is a physical part. But now the spirit is left, which is the real you on the inside. And in order for your inner man to be baptized, to be changed and transformed, you need to accept Jesus by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that he is Lord. And after those two things, you are then born again. Praise the Lord. I needed to make that clear. Now, um, let's go into the uh, main scripture for the day so that we can um, look at what God has given me in relation to being reliable. Hallelujah. So I want to be reliable. You need to be reliable in every capacity of your life. Now, let's look at the, the word being. Being. Now, that's B-E-I-N-G. That's a combination of two words. The first word is be, B-E, praise the Lord, which is a noun. And then the second part which has formed the word being is I-N-G. Hello? 
Now, the ING part is, um, it, it shows continuation. It shows uh, uh, the, the formation of uh, a verb, a doing word. Hallelujah. So we are not just saying be reliable. We are saying being reliable because to be reliable, it is a process. To be reliable, it is, continue, it is a continuous process. It's not just once off that you are reliable and it ends there or you were reliable yesterday or I was reliable a few hours or a few minutes ago, then I stop. Rather, it is something that is continuous. Each day of my life, I ought to be reliable. In my marriage, I have to be reliable. In my business, I have to be reliable. In my ministry, I have to be reliable. With my children, I have to be reliable. With my friends, I have to be reliable. In any sector or any area of my life, I have to be reliable. That's why we are saying being reliable. Now, the word reliable means to be consistent in equality or responsibility. Hallelujah. So when we are speaking about being reliable, that word reliable means you and I have to be consistent. If you are talking about loving your partner, you need to be consistent in loving your partner. If you are talking about in the, the work of God, you know, preaching or, or being a leader or doing anything that has to do with the work of God, you are expected to be consistent in that. If you are talking about supporting people, doing good works, you, I have to be consistent in that. Hallelujah. It is not something that you can start and then you get out of. If that's the case, then you or I am no longer reliable. Praise the Lord. It means in January, I should be considered as reliable. In June, I should be considered reliable. In December, I should be considered reliable. In the morning, I should be considered reliable. In the afternoon, I should be considered reliable. In the evening, I should be considered reliable. With the elderly, I should be considered reliable. With the young, I should be considered reliable. Praise the Lord. So listen, listen to these questions. Can your partner count on you? Can my partner count on me? Because we are talking about being reliable. Hallelujah. So one of the questions that we have to answer, you have to answer, I have to answer is, can your partner rely on you? And the second question is, can your parents, so your partner must count on you, your partner must count on, you know, I must count on my partner, she must count on me. Now, the other point or question is, can your parents rely on you? Can your parents say that indeed our son, our daughter is going to help us? Can your parents say that if we inform our child of this issue, our child is going to stand on us? The third question is, can your religious leaders include you? The word include, can you be included? When they are looking at people that can stand on the work of God, when they are looking at men and women who can stand either as intercessors, either as individuals that are going to stand strong and preach or pray or you know help others, can your religious leaders include you in such groups? And the fourth question that we have to look at is, can your relatives trust you? Praise the Lord. Whether it is your cousin, your auntie, your uncle, your nephew, your niece, your grandmother, your grandfather, whoever is related to you, can they trust you? Can they pick up a phone and say, if we are going to call so and so, we can trust them with this problem. We can trust them with this issue. Are you trustworthy? We are talking about being reliable. 
And the other point that is important or question is, can your friends have you as the go-to person? When your friends are looking at their number list, you know, at their contact list, can they say that if we are to call Tadala, we can go to him for advice? Can my friends say that if we are going to text him and say that Tadala, we need some advice, am I the right person to come to? Can my colleagues at my workplace say if we have got an issue, we can go to him for advice? Can people in the society, be it my neighbors or anyone in whatever capacity, can they come to me for advice, being reliable? And the last question I want us to, or two, two, two more, in fact, the first one is uh, the boss. Can your boss leave you to complete a task? Your business partner, can they leave a task to you that you're going to complete it? Are you reliable? Hallelujah. And the last one is, if you're a business owner, can your customers consider you above others being reliable? If I am offering a service in my business, can people, customers, consider me, my service, above other services? Am I reliable enough that if they say they will come to me to, to ask for help as a business, I do, am I able to offer solutions? Am I able to offer guidance? Am I able to offer something of quality, being reliable? Hallelujah. Now, I want you and I to understand that when we say being reliable, it is a vast or a broad subject. That's why I am busy mentioning different areas of different uh, sec sections or sectors of life. It is not only for the church or the work of God. It is not only in your family. It is not only in your business. It is not only in your neighborhood. It is in every place you can think of. You, I have to be reliable. Praise the Lord. Now, something I wanted to share with you, right? I'm sure that most of us are familiar with Spider-Man, the superhero Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man operates on a moral where it says, with great power comes great responsibility. I am quoting a quote from Spider-Man, the movie or the cartoon, um, the character that is played by Peter Parker in the series. He says, with great power comes great responsibility. Meaning, if you are saying that you are reliable, there is an element of responsibility that goes with being reliable. When you, are, when you are reliable, when you can be relied on, it means that you are responsible. It means that I am responsible. In the absence of those that have entrusted me with the power, I should still conduct myself good. In the absence of my friends, I should still conduct myself trustworthy. It means I cannot go and speak about my friends behind their back. It means I cannot backstab my relatives. It means I cannot gossip about my bosses. Why? I am responsible because of the reliability that has been placed upon me. It means that I cannot say to people, I am going to pray with you, and yet when I am alone, I can't even say a prayer for them. It means I am not responsible in the reliability that has been placed upon me. Hallelujah. I have to be responsible in every reliability that has been placed upon me. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go into the main passage, Matthew chapter 8. So I was saying all that just to lay a foundation to help you and I understand what it means to be reliable. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. I'll read from verses 5. The book of Matthew chapter 8. I'll read from verse 5 and I'm reading the New Living Translation version of the Bible. Whatever version you have, not a problem. 
It is just um, different translations, but um, it is all the word of God. Verse 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Verse number 6. Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Verse 7. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now, before I go to verse number 8, listen, there is something going on here. The Bible says there is a certain soldier, a certain ruler, a certain officer whose servant is sick. He is lying paralyzed. He is lying motionless in great pain. And what this officer does is he understands that Jesus Christ has got the authority to heal. He has got the power to heal. So what he does is to approach Jesus. And when he approaches him, he says to him that, listen, master, I have got a young servant that is in great pain, paralyzed, lying at home. He needs to be healed. Praise God. Verse number eight. But the officer, no, verse number seven, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now, Jesus is willing. Jesus is prepared. Jesus is ready. Jesus is accepting. He says, I am going to come with you and heal your servant. Jesus is not willing to even wait a moment. He's saying right this very instant, I am going to drop everything that I am busy with. I will follow you and heal your servant. Look at verse number eight. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. We are talking about being reliable. Verse number nine, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go being reliable. Hallelujah. Or come and they come being reliable, being responsible. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it being reliable. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to take a moment here. This ruler is displaying to you and I three levels of reliability. Level number one is understanding that you or I have someone whom I am accountable to. Hallelujah. Let's repeat that. Level number one of being reliable is understanding that you and I have got someone that we need to answer to. There is someone whom we are expected to do our bit and we have to give a report. Praise the Lord. And this someone is the Lord Jesus that has entrusted you and I with authority and the power. This someone is God the Father himself who has created you and I in his own image, in his own likeness. He has given you and I all authority and the power on the earth over everything. Why? He is relying on you and I to do our bit on the earth. Praise the Lord. That's level number one. Level number two, this officer says to Jesus that I am a man that has people, soldiers under me being reliable. And these soldiers who are under me, when I give them orders, when I tell them what to do, they do it. Why? Because I am a man under authority. Praise the Lord. Being reliable. And at the third level, he says, I have got slaves or servants under me. And when I say do this, they do it. So meaning there is a military aspect of it. And then there is a saving part of it. Praise the Lord. Being reliable. 
Now, let's read on, verse number 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Praise the Lord. Now, excuse me, if it was you, if it was me, I would have said, Jesus, come. And when he said, I am coming, we were going to jump celebrating that Jesus is coming. In fact, we were going to get on our knees, or I was going to get on my knees and cry, begging him to follow me so that my servant can be prayed for. Now, when you are reliable, you understand that you have got authority inside of you. You don't have to wait. That's an important statement. When I am reliable, I know that I have got so much potential inside of me that I am able to change things. Why? Responsibility lies on my shoulders that God has placed in me. Praise the Lord. We have not been given authority and power just to sit idle. Then there is no point in having power. Hallelujah. The reason why an owner of a company appoints a CEO appoints a managing director, appoints, uh, uh, um, you know, different levels of management is so that the owner does not have to run around and do things themselves. They are trusting that the people whom they are putting in different positions within the organization are going to be reliable. That when the owner asks the CEO a question, they will be able to give a report. They are trusting that when the owner asks uh, you know, a, a head of a department for a report, the head of department will be able to give a clear report. Why? They are reliable. They are responsible in their different portfolios. Now, when you're talking about your family, every member of your family has a responsibility. They are reliable in their own right. As a father, you ought to be reliable. You ought to be responsible in your capacity, your role as a father. You cannot expect your wife to play the role of a husband. Then there is an error. You are not being reliable. You cannot expect a child to perform the role of a mother in a family. Then you as a mother, you are not being reliable because you have to be reliable and play your part. And as a child, you cannot expect that your parents must do the things that you are supposed to do. Then you are not being responsible. So responsibility goes hand in hand with reliability. They cannot be separated. Hallelujah. So what am I saying? We have to understand that in all capacity, in any title, in whatever uh, position I may hold in life, there is an expectation. Hallelujah. I need to be reliable in everything I do. I cannot make excuses in me being a servant of God because there is a responsibility that is expected. And when I am no longer in, in this one, when I am no longer doing that, there comes another responsibility to say that you are a husband, you are supposed to provide. I ought to be reliable in that and be, uh, do my part in providing for my family. In being a parent, the same. I have to understand that it is what is expected of me in order for me to be reliable. I have to be reliable. We are talking about being reliable. People should count on me. People should trust me. Hallelujah. Let me repeat. It is important to have trust. It is important to be a trustworthy man, a trustworthy woman. Listen. My capacity as a pastor, I've got people that come to me with different issues, personal issues, deep issues, issues of health, 
issues of um, maybe work-related issues, issues in business, issues in their marriage, their families. I've got people that trust me with different deep issues. Now, the expectation from those people is that when they come to me and speak to me and share with me what they're going through, I am going to keep my mouth and my bid will be to speak to Jehovah. And my bid will be to encourage them to offer advice. Now, this is something that has to remain between me and this individual. Then am I being reliable. But if I am going to go out and begin to speak these issues of this individual to others, then I am no longer being reliable. So what? Gossip has to be taken out in order for you to be reliable. Hallelujah. You, I have to be on time. Now, this issue, this element of being on time is in every area. Be on time in the work of God. Be on time in your work. Be on time in your business. Be on time in your family. Because when your child or when someone in your family needs help, there is a limit. You know, there is an expectation. There is a window that they would like to have that uh, assistance. Now, we have to be reliable and try our best. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Try our best. I cannot sit here and say that, no, you have to because situations are different. Circumstances tend to differ. But what I'm saying is I have to try my best to help in time, understanding that the person is trusting me to be able to assist, being reliable. Hallelujah. Let me read on so I finish what I was reading now. Verse number 11, okay, of Matthew chapter 8. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world. Now, a Gentile, according to the word of God, is one that was not of uh, the, the Jews the, the, who were of um, the children of Israel, the chosen of God. The, the Gentiles were, uh, you can call them non-believers. Now, Jesus is saying, even the non-believers, the ones that you and I as people of the church, we like to mock. Now, that is an, uh, something that is wrong. We need to change as a church. It is not for us as children of God to mock anyone. It is not for us to finger point. Rather, we are supposed to stand and help. The church is supposed to be a place where people from outside who are broken can run into. The church is supposed to be a place that people who are casted out, people who have been chased, people who feel there is no hope, people who feel there is no guidance, no direction, they need to feel comfortable by running into the church. People who are struggling with depression need to run into the church. People who are struggling with addiction need to run into the church. People who are battling with different issues in life need to find comfort with us as believers. We are supposed to be help. We are supposed to be the first, uh, you know, on the list for people to think of. When there is trouble in the government, the government is supposed to say, let us go to the church to ask for help. When there is a trouble in a family, the church is supposed to be top of the list. Let's run into the church. Let's run to the believers and seek advice. But today that is not happening because you and I as the ones in the church, we have become a problem. Hallelujah. We are talking about being reliable. Now, I have to speak what the Lord is communicating to me, to you. I, unfortunately, I cannot sugarcoat it. Unfortunately, I cannot hide or maybe uh, give you or speak the words that will entice your ear. I have to speak it as it is, that the church has been having a problem for a long time. We have to change to be reliable. We have to be reliable. We have to be reliable. I have had people say to me that, but... The church is the reason why I'm no longer going to pray. 
The church is the reason why I no longer feel comfortable to give my money or my support in the church. I no longer trust the pastors. I no longer trust the prophets. Why? Because we, the ones in the church, the pastors, me as a pastor, the prophets, the leaders, the evangelists, we have pushed people away. We are not reliable enough. Hallelujah. So we have to begin, you know, cleaning the house on the inside. We have to begin to fix things on the inside. Then can we go out and pull people inside? Evangelism has become so difficult in the church because the church has been labeled with so many negative names. Praise the Lord. If we can change that element, then we can go out and preach. People are going to be willing to follow us. Hallelujah. In marriages, we people who are married have become a problem. That's why people are no longer interested in marriage. Let's speak the truth. When people are looking at marriage, they're saying, but why should I get married when, it, when husbands are doing that, when wives are living like that, when there is no trust? When there is no unity in a marriage, why must I get married? So what am I saying? We as married people have to be reliable and change the way we are doing things in order for others to aspire to get married. Those of us that have got children, we also are a reason why people are not desiring to have kids because of the way that we are handling our children. So people are saying, what's the point of having children if that's what it means? Now, the, role, the, the, the same is also true for the children. The way that children are behaving, they are causing others to say, but if a child behaves like that, then I cannot have a child. So what am I saying? This issue, this topic of being reliable affects each one of us. Hallelujah. People are not interested in certain businesses because of the way that other individuals have behaved in that business. People are saying, I can no longer do such a business because it's got a bad label on it. We have to be reliable. People no longer trust politics. People are no longer interested in voting. Why? The system has not been reliable. People no longer trust the system. People are saying, why should I cast my vote? Why should I bother going to vote when the, the, the government is full of corruption? Why should, I, why should I go and cast my vote when the government, the ministers cannot do anything to help my family or my community? So it means as a government, we are also not being reliable. So do you understand where I'm going? That this topic is in every area. There is nothing that can escape from this of being reliable. Hallelujah. If we are honest and we search and we look carefully, we will realize that we have not been reliable as a people. Now let's go to the biggest one of all as children of God. Look at our behaviors. We are called the children of God. We are called Christians by the name of our Lord and the Savior, Christ himself. And yet our behavior is not exemplary. Our behavior is not fitting. So now the question is, what do you think? What do I think Christ is saying about us? Easter is coming up where we are celebrating or we are remembering the death of Christ. Now imagine he died for you and I. He laid his life for you and I. He went through the most painful and most embarrassing death, which is the death of a cross, so that you and I could be redeemed, so that we could be saved. And yet here we are saved and behaving like people who are not saved. What do you think he's saying about us? Hallelujah. So again, when I say being reliable, we are looking at every capacity in life. We cannot exclude anything. We cannot exclude anyone. Everything is inside this package that is called being reliable. We have to be reliable from today. I have to be reliable from today. People have to be comfortable in knowing that they have got me in their life. 
whether as a father, whether as a pastor, whether as a friend, whether as a colleague, whether as a boss, whether as a partner, whatever capacity that you know uh, people know me or relate to me as, they have to rely on me. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be reliable. Praise the Lord. I want you to say with me, I am reliable. Wherever you're watching from, I want you to say with me, I am reliable. Say it one more time, wherever you're watching, I am reliable. And if you're watching now, um, I want you to type it and um, type it. Just say, I am reliable in the name of Jesus. Just type it, I am reliable in the name of Jesus. Make that declaration, I am reliable. I am reliable. Now, verse number 12, but many Israelites, those whom the kingdom of, of kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it was happened. It has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour, being reliable. Christ was reliable to a point where people could refuse. I mean, imagine a man refusing Jesus to go with him to heal his servant. That's because Christ was reliable. That's why he could refuse. Hallelujah. When you are reliable, people can sleep peacefully at night, knowing that you are going to resolve things. When you are reliable, people cannot be stressed. People cannot have blood pressure or anything of that sort. Why? They know that you are going to sort things out. When you are reliable, people can have a peace of mind and not worry. Why? They know that you are capable. When you are reliable, people, servants of God, can sit and you know focus on other matters of the ministry because you are reliable. As a praise and worship team member, you are reliable in the worship team. As a leader, you are reliable to lead in whatever portfolio that has been given to you. As um, maybe you are a Sunday school teacher, you are reliable in that office to teach the children. As a leader of intercession, you are reliable to lead prayers. Hallelujah. So when you are functioning in your capacity, when you are functioning in your responsibility, you end up becoming reliable. Hallelujah. So reliable, that's why I was saying being reliable, it becomes a verb when you say being. So it, it is continuous. It is an action-oriented message. It is one where you have to be doing something to be reliable. It is something that you can't keep quiet about. It is something that you can't stand still and not move. But you have to be active. You have to be moving. Why? Because it is a continuous process. It is an ever-improving process. It is an ever-changing process. It is one that keeps getting better. Praise the Lord. Let's look at something here, all right? Um, let's open the, the book of Mark, Mark chapter 16. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark chapter 16. And um, I'll go to verse number 14. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. We are going to read uh, from the New King James Version. And the Bible reads, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse number 15, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Jesus is expecting you, Jesus is expecting me to go out and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Christ is in heaven as we are speaking, at the right hand of God, according to the word of God. 
And he is no longer going and preaching because he already did that. Praise the Lord. I want us to be clear. Jesus Christ is no longer going around and preaching. He is no longer going around and teaching. He did that already. After he ascended, after he left the earth and went to be with God in heaven, he stopped to preach on the earth. Now here in Mark chapter 16, the Bible is saying that Christ gave that authority. He left that authority with you and me to preach. Now that's what it means to be reliable, that he can stay in heaven, he can stay with the Father, and you and I can go and preach. Hallelujah. We don't have to always wonder or cry or go back to him and say, Lord, Lord, preach. What is he supposed to preach when his word is saying, go out and preach? He has equipped me, he has equipped you with everything that you need to speak about the word of God. And he says, verse number 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Now, this one is very important. Hallelujah. I want you to pay attention to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. All right? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now, you are a believer. Have you ever casted out any demon? Now, this could be a demon of poverty. It doesn't mean that it's an individual that you are seeing falling down, rolling. No. But what I'm asking is, have you ever casted out the demon of anger? Have you ever casted out the demon of gossip? Have you ever casted out the demon of misfortune? Have you ever casted out the demon of lies? Hallelujah. So, you see, the problem is we are so religious that we do not take a moment and look at the spirit aspect of the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, li listen. Demons operate in different areas in life. And as a child of God, according to what Jesus is saying here, he says you should be able to cast out demons if you believe. In his name, he has given you that ability. And he says on... In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. That is an expectation when you are reliable. In verse 18, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. As a believer, have you ever prayed for someone who is sick and they recovered? Hallelujah. If not, then we have to question ourselves that something is wrong. Because this word is not saying the pastor is going to lay hands on the sick only and be healed. No. The word of God is not saying the prophet is going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. No. The word of God is not saying a church leader or elder, a deacon is going to lay hands and they'll recover. No. But the word of God is saying anyone who is called a believer... If you are a believer, if I am a believer, then I, you, are the right candidate to what? To lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Meaning when you hear that your relative is unwell, you are the right candidate to pray for them and they should get healed. When your friend is sick, you are the right candidate to say a prayer for them and they recover. Hallelujah. When you hear that your neighbor has been sick, is unwell, it is not just for you to keep speaking about it, telling other neighbors, telling other people in the community that have you heard so and so is sick. No, you have to rise up and pray and say in the name of Jesus, I speak healing over your life. The word of God is saying that's what you, I am expected to do as a believer, being reliable. 
When you hear that someone is struggling in their finances, you have to rise and speak a word of blessings. Why? The word of God is saying as a believer, that's the reliability that has been placed upon you. That's the responsibility that you are carrying. Why? You are a child of God. You have to act like it. Hallelujah. You have to act like it, being reliable, every area. There shouldn't be anything that you are struggling with. Why? You are reliable. You have got what it takes. You see, the challenge is we do not exercise our faith. Now, I said it the last time that faith is an action-orientated word. Faith without action is dead according to the book of James, meaning you cannot speak faith and not practice it. You cannot speak faith and not show an action. Hallelujah. When you are saying, I've got faith, I've got faith, there are actions that go with it. Hallelujah. Meaning you have to rise and do something. You have to stand and do something. You cannot just speak it. You cannot just get excited about it. But the question is, what are you doing about it? What am I doing about it? Praise the Lord. What I am doing now is meant to provoke your spirit. What I'm doing now is meant to remind you who you are. What I'm doing now is meant to say to you that remember your position. Remember your capability. Remember your responsibility. Remember that you can change situations. Remember that you can move mountains. Remember that you are the light of the world. And if the world is expecting light, you are expected to provide it. Hallelujah. Uh, let's, okay, I want to finish. So let's go to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter. And as you're going there, we are speaking about being reliable. Okay, we are talking about being trustworthy. We are talking about being committed. We are talking about being responsible. We are talking about taking your position. We are talking about standing for the truth. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 7, let me read quickly, chapter 2 verse 7. Therefore, to you who believe, listen, therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Now the word of God is saying to anyone that believes in Jesus, Jesus is precious to them. If I believe that Jesus is Lord, he is precious to me. If I believe that he died for me, he is precious to me. If I believe that he is my redeemer, he is precious to me. If I believe that he has equipped me with the power to heal, he is precious to me. If I believe that he can bring peace in my family, he is precious to me. If I believe that he can cause me to stand out and be different, he is precious to me. Hallelujah. Now it says they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Verse number nine. But you are a chosen generation. We are talking about being reliable. And 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, the word of God says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Hallelujah. It says further that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
who once were not a people, who once were not a people, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. You are now the people of God. So the word of God is saying at some point you were not regarded as a people. At some point you were not counted worthy, but today you are now counted worthy. You are now counted as the children of God, his own. And he says, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy through Jesus. That's what we are talking about. Being reliable. Being reliable. In closing, I want you to take this um, Luke chapter 24. Okay, so we are talking about being reliable. And um, as I finish, uh, I want to pray. Uh, take down Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 49. Luke 24, verse 44 to 49. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Hmm. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, verse number 48. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power on high. That's what it means to be reliable. Jesus spoke a word. He said, listen, there is a power that is available for you. But for that power to be accessed by you, you need to be reliable in waiting, in being patient. So he said, you have to be patient, wait for the power until you are filled completely, and then you can begin to exercise in it. And when you go to the book of Acts, you learn that in chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 from verse 1, we speak about the day of Pentecost. It's popular. This is exactly what Peter was talking about. Because of being patient, because of being reliable, they received the power and they began to speak in other tongues. They began to minister. They began to preach. They began to work miracles, signs and wonders. Why? They were reliable. Hallelujah. When I am reliable, when you are reliable, great things will take place over your life. Praise the Lord. Now, I have come to the end of what I wanted to minister with you today. What the Lord had placed upon my heart. The message on being reliable. I have spoken a lot. I have shared many scriptures. I have given many examples. And I trust and believe that God has communicated to you. And he shall continue to communicate to you via the Holy Spirit. Um, I would urge you that continue to listen to this message when you have time. Um, read the scriptures that I have shared. Continue to pray because it doesn't end here. This is a continuous process. As long as you are alive, it is a continuous process. Praise the Lord. So once more, thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for the word of life that I have just delivered. 
This is a word that is active. This is a word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. This is a word that is quick. This is a word that is powerful according to the book of Hebrews. My Lord, I have ministered and your people have listened. Father, as they go to practice the word, as they go, my Father, I declare that they are reliable in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that God, they are reliable in the morning. They are reliable in the afternoon. They are reliable in the evening. Lord, in every capacity of life, they are reliable in the name of Jesus. God, I give you praise. Thank you, Spirit of God. And Christ, indeed, you are the Prince of Peace. I honor you and I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for the wonderful time. And um, I'm wishing you a lovely afternoon, a lovely week. And may God bless you. Thank you.